Hello, Paul here. Thank you for deciding to put this podcast in your ears, these conversations with people who make things about the what, the how and the why of their creativity. If you haven't already, then why not subscribe via Apple Podcast or whatever your streaming portal of choice is. It's on most of them. And if you are interested in creativity, making the things that are most important to you and how to bring all of that more deeply into everyday life, then you might find some stuff of interest at my website, paulmccauley.net. Give that a second. And that's it. Thank you again and enjoy the episode. Welcome to this special Christmas festive episode of Creative Loving Spirit. What makes it so festively Christmassy? Well, one thing is that I have a bit of a cold and I just ate a mince pie. Um, So that's one thing. Um, The other thing is I have a kind of end of term kind of feeling. Yesterday I did the uh, rehearsed reading of the play I'm working on, which felt like a kind of a, a culmination, an end of term thing. And now it's time to have a bit of a break. So that was cool. That was really good fun, actually. Um, The cast were great and we had some friends down. Heard the play and then went for a drink afterwards in uh, in the lanes in Brighton, which was lovely. Got me in the festive spirit. It really did. Um, And the other thing that's making this a festive Christmassy episode is, yes, this conversation with my guest, Helen Seymour. Um, you will definitely be able to hear it, but in the room we're in having this conversation is the sound of a Christmas tree. It's fir, pine, what are they called? Needles, fir, yeah, little needles, there's little baubles, the fairy lights. You can really hear the presence of that Christmas tree. So, spoken word, artist, poet, performer, Helen Seymour. I met Helen at her performance of Helen Highwater, her show that she did in Brighton um, and elsewhere uh, this autumn. And I was pleased when she said she'd do the podcast as it would be an opportunity to have a deeper conversation about her work. It's dark and funny and surreal and offbeat and sort of unexpected. All the kind of things that I love. And I was really interested to hear where that comes from. So we had a chat with some banana bread. I think that's enough of a festive intro. I'm just going to invite you to imagine you're sat round the Christmas tree with me and Helen. In those moments of flow, you know, there's a great sense of skill. Like anyone who sits there and goes, oh, that's a talent I can't draw, just hasn't had the right teacher. And actually, you have to write so many things, so much stuff. It'll never go on. Because if it's not getting any reaction at all, or just a man, it'll just work out what should go on. Try harder. So it's having that sense of, well, I'm just making stuff because I know there'll be someone out there and they'll need it and they'll have it. And on your website, I really love you. your description of yourself as a spoken poet, word artist, human performance person. Thanks. Yeah, that's great. So my Thanks, question <laughs> how long did it take you to come up with that? <laughs> Um, I think, actually, not that long. Um, I'm quite clever. Um, 
next question. <laughs> really quickly. I'm a genius. Um, no, because I didn't... Well, I think for ages I didn't know what to call what I do because I see, like, spoken word as, like, a massive umbrella mm. of, like, comedy and theatre. And, like, I was interested in, like, mixing all those things together because I started off doing, like, poetry, like, slams. Like, that's where I started. Ah. Like, in, like, the spoken word bracket. But calling myself a poet when I'm doing, like, plays is basically, you know, I started writing, like, hour-long shows. Didn't seem right, and it, like, marketing-wise, that's a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you got to put yourself into a box. Yeah. you got to make yourself findable. It's all, it's horrible, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, so I was like, what, like, I'm sort of everything. Like, I, I steal things from every bit. Yeah. And, I, and I'm trying to, like make you know I'd, I'd like it if spoken word was just seen as like an umbrella and like a stand-up show could be spoken word with like weird alternative bits in it and then like yeah so spoken yeah. word for you like allows you to draw on comedy and yeah theatre and yeah. poetry and like and performance stuff. art like just yeah. everything just if you take it like really literally like spoken word yeah so that was so that was my 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 following question was uh so what's yeah where, where where's the center of everything you do so it sounds like it's sort of performative um um you a solo kind of um performance yeah yeah so like like because i've started in like poetry and i do still really like po poetry but like i I was doing like these like three minute slams where like you've got three minutes to say a poem. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the a poem that you've written, like not just the recital, but I really enjoyed the performative element of it. Mm -hmm. But then there's like weird rules, like you're not allowed props and you have to like stay to three minutes. And I always wanted to like break out of that and like go on for like longer <laughs> or like do something really weird with a hat. Like imagine that. Um, <laughs> do all this, like yeah. you said, but then a hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This place is not allowing me to have a hat. Um, so all of that um, is like what I wanted to do. But so I kind of like broke out from that and then did more like theatre stuff. Like so, I, but I just said to everyone like, "Oh, I'm writing a show," and it's like a spoken word show because that is kind of where it started. So it's like, sort of, there's like poetry in it, like, and I think of things in terms of like metaphors and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but then like, yeah, with the shows, it is just like, it is just like an hour of me. <laughs> but like, I really enjoy like thinking about what I can do with the space and that time and like, yeah, just like me writing it and then doing it and yeah. So, um... So just going back to the poetry thing, mm. so it was all, so you, you, were you always writing as a route to performing the poetry or yeah. it was never, because I mean, uh, it's funny because I don't know a few poets and some of them very much live in the, well, this is a piece of writing that lives on a page and yeah. that's its kind of final destination. And some people very much write as a way to um, um, enable a performance and you're very much yeah kind of latter yeah so like I am like I'm trying like I'm doing a project at the moment where I'm trying to do more pagey stuff like mm. but keeping that like performance funny element to it like in some way like I don't know how I'm gonna do it yet but like <laughs> making it like you know I'm not very good at just on the page like my natural thing is always like 
to write something and I know how I'll perform it. And then someone else will read it and be like, where's your punctuation? (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be like, well, obviously I'll pause there. Like... (laughs) Is that not clear? <laughs> so, like, I guess that's my natural thing. And it was to perform because I hadn't done... I really liked doing it at school and stuff, and then I hadn't done any at uni. I did history of art as a degree, so it's, like, really, like, theory-based. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, no acting in that. Um, and, yeah, like, I really wanted to... So there was this poetry competition, like, slam thing, and I was like, oh, brilliant, so I can write my own thing. And I just go... I just got to rhyme... It's just got to rhyme, and I get to be on stage for three minutes. Brilliant. <laughs> so you were, were you performing uh, around school? Uh, no. So like I did like what's it called like speech and drama hmm. at school, and then when I got to uni, was actually no, I did write a poem at school, and I did it at speech day because I really liked um, Tim Minchin. Yeah. As I was growing up. Um, what did you like about what he was? Um, I think like. Like, the first one I ever heard, so I was, like, 15, 16, and, like, I, it's, like, a tale as old as time, but, um, like, <laughs> that thing of, like, he's got this one, like, rock and roll nerd, and it was, like, how, like, you know, everyone else is doing drugs, and, like, but he's in bed by half past nine, blah, blah, blah. and I was just, like, oh, my God, that's me, like, <laughs> so funny. Um, and, like, I saw for the first time someone doing, like, you know, it's, like, poetry like songs but like I can't play the piano but I was like oh right so if I do a bit this is how you can do a bit like without having to do stand-up because that was too Um, scary for me yeah what because like I feel like telling everyone what I'm about to do is really funny is a way to kill it I don't get it yeah 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 no I see what you mean yeah (laughs) that's just gives yourself an impossible challenge then because everyone's just like well i'm waiting for the joke but if you tell everyone i'm gonna do a poem and then it's funny oh my god yeah they're like surprised uh, yeah there's a bit more wiggle room for an audience to kind of take what they want from yeah it, if they happen to laugh or if they you know yeah and the best thing for me is if an audience underestimate and thinks i'm going to be a bit shit that's my favorite what if the, if the bar is if the bar is so low <laughs> The yeah. worst is if it's like, you know, she's, if, if like I get an intro, it's like, she's hilarious. I'm like, no, don't tell them. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> then they're expecting it, aren't they? And they're like, well, what's funny about this? Yes. But if, if people come are like... Me, come make me laugh. Yeah, exactly. Awful. Yeah. That idea is terrible. So I think I, I really liked comedy and stuff when I was 16. And then like watching Tim Minchin, I was like, oh, right. He does this like weird thing where he's like on stage and like he's looks like he's not really sure of himself like yeah. like early on he used to do a lot of that stuff um and I was like oh this is like really like anti-comedy like he's not going on like Michael McIntyre being like hello Stop. look at me like, I'm gonna drop three jokes a minute yeah. for the next hour yeah. or whatever because I was like oh I can't do that yeah. but I was like oh I could I can go on stage and look unsure of myself <laughs> did you feel unsure <laughs> yeah I was like I, Got that. I, can, I can do that and then sort of you know, because he's there with, like, a piano, and people think maybe he's just, like, a piano player, and then he starts, and it's, like, the element of surprise, isn't it? Yeah. It's, like, really funny. So I was like, oh, right, I'll do that. But I couldn't play the piano, so I wrote a poem. That's how it happened. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. (laughs) One of the things I I, uh, was thinking about was, which that kind of speaks to a little bit, was this idea about 
uh, persona. Yeah. And it seems it seems to me that there's, in well, the little bit that I sort of spoke to you after your um, show, yeah, Helen Highwater. Thank you. Good show. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoyed that one. Um, well, well, clearly, obviously, there is a gap between the version of yourself yeah. that you um, present in performance and then and. And, and who you are and it sounds like that's quite a conscious that even from early on yeah. that was quite a conscious thing like I'm going to create this persona to, Absolutely. as a vehicle yeah, yeah for sure like just I think just kind of like allowing the weirdness out more and the kind mm. of uncomfortable and like especially like I would really I always like sort of make sure that I'm not trying to like hide any of my like movements or like like, my balance is very good, so, like, I'll wobble sometimes, or, like, if there's steps onto the stage or something, like, I'm not overdoing it, like, I'm not there, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not hammering it yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, like, in everyday life, I try and look normal, in quotes, and that's something that I'm trying to stop, like, mm. in, in my, like, life. But, like, it started with being able to just be myself on stage. Really? Yeah, yeah, because I'd be, like, really conscious of, like, being on the stairs or whatever, and, you know, you'd try and, like, go faster if there was someone behind you or, like, just to, like, f- like to feel like you're fitting in. Like, this is from, like, childhood, yeah. like, stuff. And then, like, when I was on stage and I was like, oh, I can, I can let this out here mm. and I can play with that and I can use that as, like, a power now because I know that if... I, you know, slowly w- walk on the stage, which is just how I, you know, if there's steps, I'm not going to be able to, like, run up them or jump onto the stage or anything. Then I can use the stereotype that people have that unfortunately comes with, like, quite a negative expectation mm. of ability from that. And I can use that to my power. And it was like a magic trick. Yeah. It was, like, amazing. I was like, oh, wow. So, like, if I don't go on and try and be, like... I, you know, every, I'm perfectly normal and everything's fine and, like, trying to, like, hide it, which would be my default in life, then I was like, if I let this out, then, like, this is perfect, like, for what I want to do. And then, from there, and now I just, I just, you know, I go slowly on the stairs and I don't always, like, apologise for, like, falling over. <laughs> wobbling around <laughs> so that's, um, you sound like you've found a degree of comfort and freedom in performance yeah, for like sure. it's kind of liberatory yeah um yeah. And physically and, and otherwise because you talk a lot yeah. physically about how you kind of maybe manage how you yeah. you're physically you know in day-to-day yeah. life but uh, like emotionally or like yeah just like i definitely feel like i'm happiest when i'm on stage and like I think also as well, it's just that thing of like, you just feel like you can fully get yourself across. And like, because in life, like, you know, every time like there's, there's interruptions and distractions to things. And like, I know that like when I, you know, like when you're at uni, like when I was first at uni, like I found it really difficult to like, like make friends. I was telling my mate the other day that like there was no one in my hall that like I really bonded with when I first got there. And there was this space society thing. Space. Yeah, space society. Is it called space society? Yeah. And um, I was like into like Doctor Who at the time. Yeah. That, that was it. But I was like, brilliant. I'll make friends there. And it was fancy dress. And I was like, right, okay. So I like really fucking went for it, like too much. So I had like a headband 
death. So I went as all the ways that the universe could end. Like definitely says something about a mental state at the time. <laughs> like freshers week and that's what I came up with. <laughs> that's where you started. So I had like a headband with like explosions because that was multiverse. I had like a shoe around my neck with a snail that was like the big crunch because that's like a theory that the universe is going to crunch. Kind of, kind of contract. Yeah, it contracts. Yeah. So that was like the big crunch. And then the other one was expansion. So I did like an X on my leg and then I tied a frying pan to my other leg and it was like expansion, like my shin, expansion. <laughs> and um, my the only girl in the hall, sorry, I am going to answer your question. The, yes. only, the only girl in, in my hall that I'd kind of got somewhere with, like in terms of like doing stuff, um, I put my coat on over it all and I knocked on her door because she said she might come. I was like, oh, are you going to come to that space? And she's like, oh, no, I don't think I'm going to go. Are you going to go? I was like, nah, nah, nah. Well, I might put my head in, but like completely hiding the fact that I'd got like... got a frying pan under your coat. <laughs> spent an hour making this costume. And then like I went and like that, like that to me, looking back, is like the perfect example of like, I created a show, <laughs> like, you know, to try and, like, get a course. I was like, I want people to think I'm funny and that I'm, like, weird. And, like, I was like, if I, if I explain this, yeah, then someone's going to get it and that will be the one person. But nobody, nobody got it. Oh. Is that, I mean, were you consciously trying to be, air quotes, weird? Or is, it sounds like... No, I think I just... Identify with that word. Yeah, but you it sounded like you were just going where your imagination took Oh, yeah, I was like, cool, fancy dress. I'm yeah. gonna like, I'm gonna smash this. Yeah, and everyone else like had just wrapped some tinfoil around their head yeah, and was like doing Jaeger bombs. And I was like, guys, <laughs> I've got a shoe and a pan around me. Can we not appreciate this? Can you give us some attention, please? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's um. <laughs> Just looking for attention. <laughs> you so well that, that friends. I wanted friends for. <laughs> that's why we. That's why we make things exactly. right? so we could like be understood. Yeah. In all our yeah. strangeness, in in a well, in a in a way that uh, you know is comfortable. I mean, I sometimes yeah. wonder: Do I write plays just so I get to talk with people about things that matter to me? Yeah. Because I can't bring it up at the pub. Yeah, like no, think. honestly, yeah. I've had that thought as well mm. about what I'm... <laughs> is it just because I'm not confident enough to, like, do this at a pub? Yeah. <laughs> is that why I'm doing this? Like, I don't, I genuinely don't know, and Bob's best not to prod it, but, like... <laughs> but I think that's, I mean, like, I don't think there's anything wrong. Mm. wrong no, I don't think so either, actually. Like, it's, like, loads of people do it, and, like... Like, I love, like, sharing that and, like, starting a conversation and, like, especially the one Helen Highwater, like, I'm talking about, like, relatively personal stuff and, like, mm. I really like being, like, this is, this is me, like, this is what I'm going through, even though it's through the filter of a persona and mm. a weird world, the core of it is always, like, very true. Mm. And then, like, having conversations with people after, like, oh, I felt like that before, like... So, like, even though the experience of being on stage is very separate, like, you're on stage and there's the audience, it's, like, just a device to get everyone together or, like, even just to, like, shoehorn myself <laughs> into the fray. <laughs> <laughs> so 
say that they're like you can just have like really lovely conversations with people and they're like oh I really get like I really get what you were saying there and I feel like that as well and how, how is that when you have those conversations it like makes it for me like if yeah. I don't if I don't get them or I'm not feeling like the audience get it or you know not everyone in the audience but like some people in it then I sort of feel really down and I just sort of think like oh and then I feel like I'm being very arrogant and very like um self-interested mm. which is what I was worried about with this one because it's more personal I never wanted to write personal stuff because I was like oh, this isn't about me I don't want any of this to be about me like I want to create like weird worlds and like mm. and all of that stuff um so if if people leave just being like oh that's her you know that was her story and they don't feel anything in themselves like I've not managed to facilitate any kind of emotional reaction mm. that relates to their life I feel like I failed, like, that's not, mm. like, that's not what I am doing this for, like, I'm not doing it so everyone can find out about me, I'm, like, trying to spark something in them, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Um, I, like the, I like the word resonance. Yes, you yeah. Know, someone else is resonating with something you said. Yeah. There's, there's clearly something of shared importance about, yeah. uh, in the conversation. Yeah. And all art maybe is, is just... Or, you know, a show or a poem is just a frame around something that you say, this is worth looking at. Can we yeah. look at that? And what does it mean to, to each of us? Um, that, that, what do you think? That just makes me think about mm. the relationship between... Um, this, is, this is me trying to come up with something three different ways. I think... Uh, what do you think about the idea that the more specific the thing that you make is, the more universal it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That... I'm learning that, yeah. Oh, really? But, yeah. like, absolutely, like, yeah. It, weirdly, there's yeah. a weird inverse relationship. You kind of think, no one else is going to relate to my particular existence, but actually the more unique and particular you make it, somehow the more it translates. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, it's really odd, actually. Um, yeah, so, like... With the first show, I was really worried about being too... I think I kept it too vague, looking back. Like, it was a good show, I liked it. Mm. But, like, I think, like, looking back, like, I could have gotten in more on certain things um, that I tried to do with, with like, this one. Like, being more, like... Um, like, because I talk about, like, having intrusive thoughts and stuff and being, mm. like, very specific about, like, what those are um, rather than just kind of bad thoughts or something like I really go into it and like demonstrate what they are and like I've had people come up and be like oh my god I get this so you mentioned there that with the second show yeah um you you consciously wanted to move to put something more personal yeah. out there yeah um like where did where did that come from what why did you feel like okay i need to do this or yeah well so i think in general so with the first one i talked about a lot about like having a spinal surgery well actually that's a lie i say i talked a lot about it i like i thought i was talking a lot about it mm. but like still people would say you know I'd like to, it was a weird thing about a hospital and there were like weird creatures in the hospital and like... This is just, a, this is your, the first, the first one. So this is to Helen back. Yeah. Um, 
talking about my back. Oh, that's your title. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so like that, and like I, it was such a process with um, my director Hannah Silver because mm. I would put something in it, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, I've said so much about me here. Like this is <laughs> this is too much." And she's like, "You've hardly said anything. Like you've basically just been like that you had an operation. <laughs> that's all you've said so far." And it's because that word triggered for me so much that that word was so heavy to me on the page that yeah. it like, I was like, whoa, that's loads. Like, that's I'm sharing so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, But no so the outside bringing, eye, yeah. no one's bringing all that. So they're just like, oh, an operation. Like, you know, and she, re- she was really, really good in like helping me kind of bring out more of that. But with this one, uh, with the Helen High Water, I was like, okay, what am I really scared of talking about on stage? Mm. And that would be like the stuff that, like OCD and intrusive thoughts and things. It's like, because the whole point of that is things that people are too scared to say out loud. So I was like, right, if I say it out loud, like maybe that can help people. Like, mm. like you know, who are like, oh my God, she's saying it in a whole room of people. And I'm like, I've had therapy and stuff as well. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like a kind of, yeah. unsafe thing for me to do. Um, yeah. uh, raw, too raw. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, on medication, had therapy, like, in a really good place with it and really good insight into what it is. Yes. What, like, OCD is. You've got a language yeah. for it. And, and, and how it works. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, right, if I can do that on stage, even though that's really, really scary, that might hit with people and, you know... And also, I think it's like an interesting topic, like mm. the unsaid and stuff. And it kind of like played in with like otherness and other themes that I wanted to look at. So, so there was like, uh, so you kind of learned from the previous show, it sounded a little bit like, oh, I can go further or... Yeah, yeah, because even with that, people would be like, uh, they'd like ask me things and I'd be like, do you see the show? <laughs> I really arrogantly like sorry and it was just obvious that like I hadn't said enough I had explained this yeah you really haven't and also like you have to understand that like people don't listen all the time like do you know what I mean like and that's fine drop out for five seconds yeah yeah like two years of your life or something (laughs) or like you know I'll have put in a little reference I think like completely unraveled it all and everyone will get it yeah and like you know they, they don't <laughs> always. Like sometimes you have to be quite what feels to me on the nose to mm. be subtle to the audience, like which is something that I'm really learning this time as well. Like even there's some bits that Hannah was like, no, you need to like say this. And I was like, Hannah, that's so on the nose. Like everyone's going to be like, this is so obvious. And like, you know, I say it and I'm like, oh no, like thank God I said this because at least it's like, it's landing because I said that. Yeah. But like... I I'm always want to edit because I think I am worried about being too self-interested in, mm. in like, because it's like sort of like personal stories and stuff. I just really don't want people to, like, because I've talked about illness in both shows, I don't want people to leave being like, oh, poor girl, like, or like, oh, that was her story. Like, I want them to be like, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, um... And what's the effect of having done that? So you talked about like, so it sounds like you've got a sense of like, you want to put something out there that is useful for people. Yeah. In sparking a conversation. Yeah. It's actually speaks to them in some way. 
And um, but what about for yourself? Like, so you you consciously ventured um, making yourself maybe a bit more vulnerable and putting mm. things out there. And what do you get from that? Like, I mean, f- for a sense, I wonder is 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 there an empowering um, quality to that? Like, oh, I put it out there and, and I'm still alive and it's fine. Yeah, like that yeah. is that is really empowering. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's just like it's like because I had like dealt with it and was in like a healthier place Mm. it was like I then had that experience to play with like it's like my doll's house got like a really cool attic (laughs) that I could then go in and be like oh wow it's weird up here like this is brilliant like I wasn't scared of the attic anymore yeah it wasn't like Like, a a loft hatch yeah that I was gonna like peer through (laughs) and like shine a light on and like drag some things out of and put them on stage it was like no I can fully explore this yeah, this is over here. Yeah, 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 and I can choose the way that I construct it. So it's just, like, more fun. Like, it's all in quite a dark. Because, <laughs> like, I have quite a dark sense of humour anyway, so it was quite, you know, to be like, oh, there's a fucking bit here about how, like, <laughs> she really wants to, like, murder the person. And, like, because I'm so relaxed with, like, having thoughts that, you know, before would, like, terrify I mean, someone listening to this who hasn't seen the show is going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> it was very is funny. She okay? <laughs> <laughs> but basically, like, if you have intrusive thoughts... It's like when you're at a station, train station and you think, like, oh, my God, I could push that person in front yeah. of a train. Lots of people, or, like, if you're holding a baby, you might think, like, oh, my God, I could just drop this baby. Lots of people have those thoughts. Um, but when you have OCD, like, you get really, really worried about them and you think it means you're a bad person. Mm. So... Um, and the more you worry about them, the worse the thoughts get, because that's how, like, your mind works. So if I'm like, oh, my God, I could push someone in front of a train. Oh, no, I should step back. And then you start doing, like, safety behaviours. Um, so, like, you know, from being terrified of that, and, like, the show kind of... I've, I've never had those specific ones where I think I'm going to murder someone on a date or something. But, like, having that to in my, like, armoury to, like, play with, to be like, right, let's take this to the max, like, it is empowering, but also it's just fun. <laughs> it's because you've kind of been there. It's like you're the, the guide to you're you know uh, yeah. a tour guide to some to a place that some to someone else might feel like a bit scary or unknown. But it's like no, I've been here. It's yeah, like, stay behind this fence and you're okay. Yeah, I'll exactly. You, you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll throw in some chum for yeah. the uh, <laughs> for the crocodiles to come Yeah, up. you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, it, that's a really nice way of putting it. Like. Um, Especially like a crocodile, brilliant. Um, <laughs> like, to, yeah, to be able to be like, it's all right. Like, I know it's so, isn't it so scary when like, like, and I know it's really hard. Like, all with the first one, I was talking a lot about not feeling like you've recovered from something mm. when like you might physically recover, but like mentally you're still there in that place. And like a lot of it is me just kind of like being like, I know, like, isn't it hard? Like, it's really hard. Like. I've had these really weird thoughts as well and like and like but it's all right like we can like all be weird together and like it's fine and like creating a space that's like fun Mm. you know and like imaginative and like some of the like therapy techniques are to make the thoughts funny or like make them ridiculous yeah exactly which kind of lends itself to like a writer's brain yeah kind of pushing it to an yeah. extreme or something yeah so that's good because and also like I'm kind of doing it knowing that kind of lots of people probably won't come up to me and say they have those thoughts but like 
you know, they might do and they might not, because it's such a secretive thing when you're trapped in it, like you really don't tell anyone, so. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not expecting always someone to be like, oh, I've got this. Like, Get into a, a deeper, meaningful conversation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But I just, I know that saying it will hopefully help some people feel less afraid of their like, attic. And less alone, isn't it? That's yeah, a yeah. That's a powerful thing um, in art or whatever you, someone puts uh, into words or, or somehow manifests something that's true for you and you kind of, oh, wow, yeah, it's not just me. Um, exactly. They've articulated something that I've always like felt. Or, or yeah, that's something. what I'm in it for. Yeah. Like, trying to who does that for it. you? Who, who or what experiences have you had of seeing something or hearing something that someone else has made that's made you go, oh, yeah, thanks, you've... Uh, You've captured I something. I feel better. <laughs> yeah, I feel better now. It's not just me. I, I am weird, but at least we're, we're weird together. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially, with, like, I know we mentioned Tim Mitchin, yeah. but, like, when I was 16 or whatever, that was, like, really big for me. Gateway. Yeah, kind of yeah. Into, and, like, um, I really liked, like, and still do, like, the Mighty Boosh, mm. like, um, Noel Fielding and Julian Bauer, and, like, both their kind of things that they've done since then, like, that kind of surreal offbeat, yeah. and then Tim Key, I think is amazing, yeah, yeah. like, um, seeing him live, and just, like, just sort of breaking all the rules, and doing what you're not meant to do, and, like, um, yeah, I think is, like, really cool, um, I'm sure there's other people like lots of comedians like Robin Ince and Josie Long and, and people like that like Robin Ince did a show where he talked about OCD a few good few years ago and I remember in there feeling like oh yeah like I kind of knew that that's what it was but I hadn't been diagnosed or anything so that he just like mentioned it but that helped mm. um, and yeah just people I guess people who like kind of are kind of go in like low status and like are a bit unsure of themselves I like resonate with them more than someone who goes in being like hello <laughs> like if anyone does that I'm immediately turned off because I'm like I'm not confident enough to go hello <laughs> like who do you think you are <laughs> oh please start something with that let's see where it goes hello <laughs> I got that one. <laughs> oh Rob Orton as well he's um Rob Orton I think I'm saying he's Name, right? Yeah, he does spoken word stuff. He's done like does shows like the Yellow Show, the the Time Show, and stuff. And it, it's spoken wordy, surreal stuff. But like, he's really cool as well. So the whole surreal, yeah, surreal, surreal, surreal. Yeah, surreality. Surreality. <laughs> yeah. Um, that means something. There's also a lot in. Well, you kind of mentioned like Tim Key. Uh, or people who kind of play with like form or subvert yeah. expectations about how something should go yeah. or come at something uh, kind of a slanted kind of angle. Because yeah. that's one of the things like I was, I was watching back like, a few of your videos and clips from like your shows and stuff like that um, that you did with apples and snakes. snakes. Yeah, and um, and just like I yeah. Your your stuff makes me laugh in an I've tried it, it's in an unexpected way like you seem to come at something like in a way that I just yeah just kind of takes me by surprise yeah good yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <Brilliant. laughs> yeah I don't like I think that's the only way I can be funny like it, like I don't and and also I like sort of play, like the unexpected nature. Like I also like playing a lot with like 
something really funny and then going really dark or like really sad and like mm. tripping people up on on themselves like um i know like um sort of not his most recent thing was not very good but um <laughs> oh, don't worry <laughs> like chris lily he did like summer heights high oh, yeah, and stuff yeah. but it, I, I, what was the most recent thing he did a thing called lunatics on oh. i think it was called that it's actually like just quite sort of, sort of really not funny but sort mm. of quite problematic so i don't want to kind of sing his praises too much but um he he's done some stuff where it's where like you think you're watching a comedy show and then there'll be a line that just kills you and yeah. you're like oh, oh man like and I always like that kind of that feeling of being tripped up on something mm, that sudden yeah. sort of tone shift yeah thing. and I feel like you feel it more when that happens yeah um and it's the same thing like if people if say like I'm a spoken poet I can't remember what I call myself but the word <laughs> human thing so people may be a bit unsure right and then yeah. I come on and then I'm a bit unsure and then it starts to be funny and they're like oh right it's funny okay this is a comedy show and then I say something really sad and they're like yeah. oh <laughs> <laughs> like it's always like surprising them yeah so it's not like I'm going on being like hello my name's Helen and this is a really deep and heavy show about my experience of OCD because then people kind of sit in for that don't they yes there's that expectation yeah so it's always trying to mess with that and like break the rules and like subvert things and mm. that's, that's I'm only interested in that really it occurs to me that if you've got that kind of sensibility, then do you uh, do you have a, a, a do you have a sort of keen sense of when you're watching something that you like? Do you, can you? I mean, do you know where things are going to go? Like narratively, you can kind of you must have a, a fairly sharp sense of okay, this is a film that's going to be about this or this show's about that and kind of know where it's going to yeah go. yeah i think i do get like i don't know if it's if something's just like a rom-com i'd be like get bored like really yeah. easily okay like i just i i'm not saying that in like a way of being like yeah just, you know i'm too superior for <laughs> like but i like being surprised yes. i think that's what i like when i watch something so if if I kind of can see where things are going, I really like it if, like, something just turns on, like it turns, yeah. and then you're like, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Um, but saying that, I mean, I can just be, you know, I can watch, like, Line of Duty and be like, what? <laughs> no way! <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I didn't see that twist coming. Yeah, exactly, like, yeah. and that's, you know, not the height of... Uh, <laughs> No, but then... But, like, I'm know, not... I don't want it to sound like I'm being like, yeah, no, you know, the civilian thing is kind of boring. I kind of like the art house. Like, I don't want yeah. to do that. But maybe that's... Yeah, maybe the line's not there, but uh, maybe it's... Because, um, yeah, Line of Duty. Primetime BBC. Yeah. Um, but um, maybe there's something about where we are now in our society, culture, time and place, where, you know, this whole... We consume so much, we're exposed to so much narrative and content yeah. and that kind of stuff. And we're very savvy about f form and what to expect from things. So anytime something comes along, I think people, I think maybe writers and creators have to work a lot harder yeah. to kind of get underneath what people have seen a hundred times before to offer something slightly different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. And maybe, like, maybe it's more about that rather than you. Yeah. <laughs> 
I will only watch. Oh, you haven't heard of it? That's no. Exactly. It hasn't, it hasn't even been made yet. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. That's... <laughs> um, oh, that'd be awful. Um, <laughs> but like, I like it is that thing like it, like I know it's been talked about a lot, but like Fleabag and stuff. Like, we really mm. liked that and that like would subvert things as well. Like in the second series. So like Fleabag talks a lot to camera and then in the second series one of the characters can suddenly notice that she's doing that and st stuff like that and like then I just get really excited I'm like oh where's this gonna go and like mm. oh I wasn't expecting that so like yeah I'm always and I'm always worried about doing like the obvious thing you know like if I'm writing a show or whatever I'm like well, I can't do that because that's really obvious or like mm. yeah you worked with Hannah Silver, yeah. who directed both of your shows. Yeah. And I was just interested in uh, talking a bit about like collaboration, because you were talking about how she kind of pushed you in the first show to, you know, be a bit more explicit about some of your experience. And um, so I was interested in uh, how you found working with her and, and, and what is it about the dynamic that sort of allowed you to sort of push yourself a little bit and what have you taken from that? Yeah, um, I think, like, definitely it's kind of like that um, I'm not really ever interested in working with someone who's just, a, like, a yes man or, like, tells me that everything I do is, like, good enough or whatever. Mm. Like, I always want to be pushed and, like, challenged. Um, and, like, Hannah's very perceptive and could, you know, I think, like, even when we were first... Um, Look at, looking at the show I said like well it's not going to be about me but it's about a hospital <laughs> and it's about this and it's about it's about an operating room and it's about this girl and she like and she was like okay so you said it's not going to be about you but like you've set it in a hospital for a reason and like all of these questions and um when I, <laughs> I just remembered when I the first time I worked with Hannah it was um she, it was like a whole group project and she was the director um, for something called, uh, it was like an apples and snakes thing where like poets, there'd be like eight poets on stage. Um, it, was called, it was called the public address and you had to write on a topic. And um, uh, yes, yeah, so and she was directing these eight poets and like getting their work and giving them feedback. And then we all did this thing at the end. Mm. And uh, yeah, so the first time I worked with her, I was still doing very rhymy poems that were like kind of fairy stories and things like that. And uh, she'd be like, I was talking to her on the phone and she'd be like, okay, so um, yeah, I've got your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what it is, it's a um, it's really, really good poem. It's going to be a 10 minute poem because we had 10 minutes. 10 minute poem about the plague. I love the plague. And uh, there's this character, and um, I've drawn some pictures, I'll send you pictures. And I've drawn these pictures of like, and yet what happens is character gets infected with plague, and then they're trying to like wash it off their hands, and then the soap reveals a message, and then they go out and they find this cave, and there's a witch in the cave. And it was all this stuff. And Hannah was like, why are you so interested in the plague? And I'd be like, oh, because I'm like really fascinated about death. Anyway. <laughs> What I was thinking, Hannah, was I could have this really big stick on stage. <laughs> she was like, yeah, 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 you can have a stick. Um, just, do you mind just doing a quick exercise, like writing exercise for me, and just write down like your experiences of why you're interested in death? Like, maybe just do that as a writing exercise. I was like, oh, yeah, sure, but I'm going to carry on with this plague poem. Got a great bit about a rat in a minute. <laughs> 
So I like, like banged out this exercise thing that was like, <laughs> it was just like, you know, the first, when I was like younger, the first time that I like realised that people die and then like uh, going on like that and sent it to her. I literally sent her the exercise with like drawings of the plague. I've done this exercise. Also, this is what the plague doctor looks like. I see we can have projections. I've got three possible steps. Yeah, yeah. like yeah like can we not do the plague one and can you just read that thing you sent me because it's like really good like can you just read that like it's just very well put and like beautifully honest about like death and he makes some really good like I talked about like my teeth falling out and like looking at it and stuff like that and I was like oh no like that's all about me I'm not gonna do that like I'm gonna do this thing I found a stick <laughs> And, like, for a long time, like, she knows. Like, I was quite annoyed with her. I was like, this is really annoying. Like, I'm trying to write this poem about the play. What, and you felt like she was kind of derailing your And your I was play. like, you know, I do the funny, like, rhymey poems. Mm. And why is she trying to make me write about things? Because I, I felt like, because my rhymey poems had gone well, like, on stage. And I was like, oh, my God, I've, like, found the one thing I'm good at straight away. I can't believe it. So I can't do anything else. Because, like... I've got my... That's my thing. Yeah. That's my shit. Somehow, I've stumbled upon it straight away rather than, like, finding it, like, over time. So I'll just do this now. And she was so good and patient with me. And then, like, at one point, I'd agreed to do, like... The, there were two performances. So I was like, I'll do the plague one at one and then, like, the death one at the other. And then, like, eventually, I was like, oh, fine. I'll do the death one. And then, like, loved doing it. You, when did you love doing it? Because like, it sounds like the writing of it was a bit, like, oh. Well, the thing is, it was really easy to write because I just done it like really quickly. <laughs> this can't be worth anything. Uh, yeah, really well, exactly. And I was like, it's about me. Like, why are you trying mm. to make me talk about me? Like, I'm just, ugh. and like, and then we were like rehearsing and like we found moments for it to be like funny as well because I was really worried it was going to be too like dark and not interesting. And then she was like, no, that's a really funny line. And I was like, yeah, I know, but like. I just didn't have any confidence in myself, basically, like, mm. like at all, like in terms of what my what I could do. I was just like, I can rhyme, and, and <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. And I've got this great thing about the plague. And then, like, she gave me this confidence boost. And then I was really excited about doing it, and I did it twice, and I had the best time. And then I never rhymed again. Is it? <laughs> never. And I rhymed never more. <laughs> It sounded like um, what I heard in that is sort of real encouragement to sort of um, uh, be authentic. Yeah. Like nakedly, yeah. humbly, simply authentic without any bells and whistles. Just 100%. tell the direct truth. Yeah. And work with that. Yeah. Like she's been so good in kind of uh, giving me the confidence to, to do that. Mm. And like or, even with this one... We talked openly about my, um, you know, want to often get distracted by bells and whistles mm. <laughs> and big sticks. Mm. And even, I even started doing it a bit with this new one. And she was like, I think you're getting distracted again. And I was like, no, <laughs> it's going to be really good. It's all about a lighthouse. <laughs> well, I've got a shepherd of sticks. I have this big light on stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, luckily, it wasn't as bad as the plague. Like I could see what she meant, and then and then wrote it out. But that time, like 
I'd done this thing about like being on a date with someone which like now has like become the main part of like the show like dating and stuff and I thought oh I can't do that because everyone's gonna say that it's just like fleabag she talks about dating Mm. it's like so like I write things off for myself too quickly Mm. and I'm like the only way I could like my sometimes I think oh the only way I'd be original if I like do all this weird stuff weird I'll be weird and like I just need to remember that like just keep it a bit more simple yeah it's fine and like once I'm on that track I'm fine but it's that initial stage when you're trying to come up with ideas. It's, um, I, I don't know if it's true f- uh, for people, uh, young as in young creatives, as in people mm. who are just starting, but there's, yeah. there's, the whole originality thing is a bit of a bit of a thorn because, yeah, you think you have to do something really outlandish or really yeah. reinvent the wheel. Um, and having faith in the fact that if you just show up as who you are yeah then that's that'll be enough of a uh, of a difference and also like it sounds like maybe what hannah sort of offered was like made you go back and not overlook the obvious no I've like got right yeah. off the obvious yeah i'm you, always doing that it's my favorite thing but it's, it's difficult isn't it because yeah you, because you know we, we live our lives and we have our experience and you go well, you know, when I, you know, grew up on, uh, you know, on a desert island, you what? No, yeah, yeah. yeah so anyway, yeah. so I went, there's this really funny person that's called, you, you grew up on a desert island. <laughs> no one ever, that's amazing. Like, yeah. you just think, well, that was just my life. Yeah. You know, you kind of overlook those things. So it's having someone else to kind of make you go, no, that's, that's the thing. That, yeah, kind of that's. That blind spotting thing. She's, yeah, she's mm. perfect. Because like, I, like, like, I wrote all the shows and, and everything, but she, you know, I would send her stuff and she'd be like, it's this line here mm. that it's all about. Like, that broke me. But then you spend a page and a half talking about an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> but right up here, you've just said something really perceptive. Mm. You know, like, and I'm always like, yeah. And it's almost like I'm burying it with the octopus. Yeah. Like, I put something really vulnerable out there. Yeah. And then I'm like, ah, okay, I'll put an octopus on it. What sort of qualities of sort of of being does she have, or or any good collaborator have? Like, what what helps you be able to work like that? You know, I think like you just have to be brutally honest with each other. Right, Uh, that's the only way I can work with someone yeah um and just not take any shit like she doesn't take my shit and it's brilliant you know like she won't let me put an octopus on something yeah and it's great like i can't have someone being like oh yeah that's really funny like she will like push for stuff Mm. and like she'll work me really hard but that's what i want like that's what at the end of the day like i'm working with her for is because she actually has like i just feel so lucky because she has seen something and she like believes in me and she wouldn't be pushing and asking for like another rewrite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, if she didn't believe in me, and that's the thing. If someone doesn't really believe in you, it's a lot easier for them to say that's great on your first draft. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If someone really wants the best of you, they'll really push you and see. They're like, okay, this is actually quite good, but let's see what she can do. Like, again and again. Like, that's that's what I need and also like we just like we do just get on and like 
have like mutual respect for each other and stuff so mm. but like definitely the honesty thing I, I mm. just can't do you feel safe yeah, yeah 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 definitely like I can sort of say anything to her mm. um, and she's just in general like very non-judgmental so when we were talking about this show like I wasn't at all worried about saying like oh so I kind of want to talk about these thoughts I have like she wasn't like Ooh, what she was like oh okay like, yeah. just like it, cute like curious like kindly curious you know like mm. she wants to like get the best out of you she's cracking she's really good I'm gonna switch to Yeah. Slightly. Let's get into more small, small little nuggety questions. Nuggety questions. Da, 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 da. Ah. Um. Uh, what What are you most proud of in stuff that you've made? Even you know, from a whole piece or a moment or something you've done. It's oh, a bit, big question, mate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you proud of? Yeah. Put that on the table. Um, Bam! <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> I think it is that thing, like, I, like I won't say it because there are people, other people's personal stories, but I have had conversations with people after shows where they shared stuff with me. Mm. Um, and, like, it's just been, like, really emotional, but in, like, a really amazing way. And I'm kind of, I've kind of got a few little things that I remember, people that I've met or whatever, and I'm like, well, if this all, like, falls to shit and, like... You know, I, I don't ever make enough money out of it and I have to get another job and like mm. blah, 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 blah. Then at least I have done that. Like I have made that person feel less scared about whatever or or I've just made that person laugh for an evening when they're having a really shit time. Mm. Like it's those, it's those things. Like it's always, and even if like I do like a room and like it's <laughs> the gig's sick tanking. Like <laughs> <laughs> Like, it, sometimes it's those where, like, I'll, there'll be, like, a corner of people that get it. And, and I'll have the best conversations with them after. It's like, oh, keep doing you. Like, you're really weird in, a, in the best way. And it's like, like a little, like, light being like, yeah, I know. Like, everyone's really normal, aren't they? Like, it's a bit strange. Like, yeah. like, I like looking at the world like this. And, like, if that you know, to find that connection with someone is just the best thing. So it's like those moments beyond like any kind of, you know, big gig. Like yeah. I'm not too bothered about. Just doing whatever it is that allows that. Yeah, it's just getting out, yeah, mm. to, to people and like finding those moments. Mm. Yeah. Kind of um, leads on to another thing I was thinking about. What's, what does the term making it mean to you? AKA, what, what does yeah. success look like? So I just, I kind of just change it, like I try and keep it quite um, like a short-sighted like look at mm. it. So like I only went freelance in February, I was working mm. um, uh, full-time and then touring on my annual leave before that. So that was really stressful. Mm. And then I, <laughs> yeah, then I went uh, freelance. So then it was like, oh, well, I'll just try and do a year freelance and it looks like I'll do that. So that's the success. And then, like, small... I know you're not 100% asking that, but kind of just, like, small, uh, like, goals, you know, yeah. um, rather than, like, a big sweeping thing. Because, like, I'm always very open to the fact that I might change my mind and, like, one day I might not like doing this, even though at the moment I can't see that. Yeah. I don't want to put myself in, like, a box of, like, 
like I'm gonna be successful and I'm gonna I can't even, you know like I'm gonna get um uh, two nights at the uh, Hammersmith I just can't even think of a big venue like <laughs> at the Royal Albert Hall yeah. or like I'm gonna do like like even though of course that would be successful it's only a success if you actually want to do that you know like if yes. you're happy and content with what you're doing and you're doing something that you care about so like it's just about as long as I can stand by everything that I make and feel like yeah no I stand by all of that and like I'd do it again too like I did a a gig of to Helen back in a room in a village hall of like 60 to 70 year old um people and there's a bit where I pretend to be the grim reaper and I was like gyrating around them doing a rap and somebody <laughs> walked out um <laughs> <laughs> And, and and the only feedback I got afterwards was, oh, it was amazing how you remembered all those words. Like, like they hated it. They hated it so much. But, like, it was still a successful gig because, like, number one, that's just hilarious. Like, as I was gyrating around this person, I was just, like, singing about death. Like, that's a success. Because I stand by it. Like, I want to be weird. And that just wasn't my audience. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that's fine. But, like, it's just standing by what you do and, and being content with it. But, yeah. yeah, if in a year I'm, I've am i got no new ideas and I really want to get into, like, primary school teaching or something, brilliant, that will be a success. Like, mm. when I do, like, I really, yeah. So, like, you're peering just around the next bend. And yeah, I think, I, think it, I think that's fine because you can't plan. Yeah, like, you don't, know, you don't know what's going to happen. And in five years' time, I want to be here. Yeah, so, because yeah. you're just... You do that thing of, I'll be happy when. Yeah. And then you're never happy, are you? So, yeah. if, if you just try and be content with what you've got now, like, at the moment, like, I'm really proud of myself that I've done... That, like, I've written this new show. Like, I feel great about that. And, like, I'm going to work on this collection, which I feel really great. I got funding for that, so that's brilliant. And that's what I'm doing at the moment, and that's that's great. That's cool. Like, yeah. And that's good. Well, that's just good. Um, that's a good way to live life, whatever you're doing, isn't it? Just yeah, but just try, just try and be content with, mm. with, like, what you've got, I think, as much as possible. Mm. Um, finally. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's... Uh, well, I, I guess what's next slash like what would you want to be next you know what, what are your sort of dreams or sort of emerging ideas and yeah, yeah yeah so um yeah this so like working on this like sort of poetry-ish collection mm. um with Caroline Bird um so I got um develop your creative practice funding from Arts Council um, and that was just to explore, like, doing a first collection. And, like, I really like um, Grief is the Thing with Feathers by Max Porter. It's a really cool book. It's kind of, like, narrative poetry, and mm. it's really odd. Um, so I'd love to, like, create that, and that will probably also be about hospitals again. Um, but it's kind of... At the moment, I'm looking at, like, you know all the, like, literature that's coming out from doctors, like Adam Kay, This Is Gonna Hurt, and Henry Marsh... Oh, like things like being mortal. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's loads at, at the moment, and there's one that I read that was so beautiful called "When Breath Becomes Air." Yes. And and yeah. the, like it made me cry. It's a gorgeous mm. book, and that's about a doctor who then becomes a patient and that transition. And he's, he has a terminal. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but then there's loads. Of, so that's what I think. Start. I think that was one of the first. And now there's just loads of books by like doctors 
doing like anonymous but still like patient stories where they're like ha! can you believe what this patient did mm. and i'm just like oh they were probably really scared mate like or like that per- like that person has a story too and like like i have a bit of a problem with these sorts of making like quite a lot of money <laughs> out of publishing this thing that the public are very hungry for mm. um so i kind of wanted to do a patience rebuttal Oh, okay. Yeah. And, so, and this is, you're saying this is, uh, might be part of the, the poetry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be like, it would be maybe like prose poetry, poetry, mm. like I'm still messing about with it. So, um, and so you're kind of exploring yeah. what that might be. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. And so that, and then hopefully tour Helen High Water next autun'. Because you did, yeah, so, so the run you the, did. Um, yeah, that was just, um, research and development so I've like yeah. got all that um, I'm like letting it rest now because okay. I, I like to let the show rest <laughs> um, so I can come back to it for action and like work out little tweaks and stuff so it's ideas that I have about small things I might change but like I need to leave it for a bit so I look at it with fresh eyes yeah um, but yeah what what you saw is basically it it's just small things I might change you get you did you do you ask for feedback in in those sort of shows or yeah or yeah always also if you have any send yeah. it <laughs> oh, well. well that's what I've got to yeah <laughs> this is actually what this podcast is about <laughs> now I've got you here yeah have to say um, so oh, and that's that that could happen uh, later in the year once you've kind of yeah it. so probably like next autumn okay. Um, probably talk like do a tour of that yeah. like that's kind of the rough plan at the moment yeah that's exciting yeah very nice yeah, yeah. um uh, anything else any other like outlandish dreams oh no um what just in general yeah anything like oh i'm working on like a little podcast with my mate which i think is going to be insane but um cool yeah so what kind of things out um well I mean, it, it, don't give anything away. No, I mean, <laughs> um, I think like it's really like I've not really written with someone before. It's been really fun writing with him. Yeah. Um, and like a lot of our like writing sessions are us just trying to make the other one laugh. So it's more kind of more comedy, I guess. Yeah. Like it's me kind of being more into the comedy thing. Um, but yeah, it's basically about two people who like are in a shed. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> but then there's lots of stuff like, um, like we'll bring in stories from our own lives of like funny stuff that has happened. Or like on the way here, like I saw Paul when I was driving and I got really lost. I don't think I told you, as I pulled into Brighton Station car park, I hit yeah. the central reservation and like mounted Sorry. it. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. And there were people walking by yeah. and I was laughing and they just averted their eyes like and tried to get out of the way. Um, and like I will immediately message him and be like, you won't believe what I've just done. Because I can't park either, so that's a whole joke. So I left really early this morning, so I gave myself like an hour to park. <sighs> anyway, so things like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, mm, yeah. I, that's, I think we're kind of about out, out of time. That's all right. Out of time. Thank you so much for like, Spending some time talking. With oh, no, thank, thanks for the really banana really bread. Oh, you're very welcome. I might try some of that. Yeah, do it, yeah.
Yeah, all right, yeah, you run like Let's that. turn this off. And yeah, you can. <laughs> suspiciously quiet about the tiffin. <laughs> Hasn't gone unnoticed. <laughs> Thank you, Helen. Thanks You're for really having excited. me. It's really nice. Yeah, it's good. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see um, what you come up with next. Because your work is brilliant. Oh, thanks, don't always have to put an octopus on it. That's something important to remember, I think. You don't have to put bells and whistles on things that you make. You can just show up and be yourself. One of the things I appreciated about what Helen said and at the heart of why I think she does what she does is this very simple urge to want to share something through performance that facilitates a conversation, a discussion about something that might not otherwise have the space to. And she seems to really take it as a, a responsibility of her craft to um, help make that happen, help put something out there that is accessible enough, identifiable enough for other people. I love her space society story as well. That's just brilliant. So Helen's show, Helen High Water, will be touring in 2020. So if you do get the chance to go and see it, go uh, and check it out. Like I say, it's a really enjoyable, dark, but funny piece of performance. And links to Helen's website and stuff in the notes, as always. But for now, that's the end of Creative Loving Spirit for this run. And if you're listening in December 2019, enjoy your Christmas break, if you're having one, and a happy new year. And I wish you well for all of your new creative ventures. Thanks for listening. Bye.